You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram. For daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, for the podcast, a new sponsor this year that's just come on board and super excited to announce RCB Bank. Since 1936, RCB Bank has offered progressive products and a friendly service. Come in today to find out more about their loan promotion on new used refinance cars, boats, campers, and ATVs. Visit RCB Bank to learn more. RCB Bank, that's my bank, with approved credit restrictions apply. Now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode up at Circle Cinema today. Shout out for them for having us. Um, this awesome backdrop, if you're watching the videos on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, I'm sure you can see this, these beautiful red chairs. We are in one of the movie theaters. Uh, my guest today, Krista Perry, is, I think if you look at your Instagram, probably people think, wow, you are an absolute badass. Mm, that's nice. Which is kind of <laughs> like, you know, you scroll down, you know, you play golf, you ride motorcycles, you are a stunt woman and you just do crazy stuff which i was like oh that's like okay and you have a peloton which i'm recently in the peloton club which is totally funny because now i've noticed that everyone tells you about their peloton (laughs) and who their favorite who their favorite instructors are but uh thanks for coming you know coming on the podcast uh thanks for setting all this up um you know we've recently done an episode with with dylan as well and thanks for setting that up but um before we i guess dive into your backstory and how you get to jumping through walls and sitting in makeup and doing riding motorcycles and crazy stuff uh i guess you know who are you and where'd you grow up My name is Krista Perry. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I grew up in Sacramento, California, and I grew up a child athlete. And so it's funny when people talk about school and your background, my entire background growing up was an athlete. Mm -hmm. Like I was sponsored by Gatorade and Nike. Um, I traveled the weekends. I never really had a life. My life was my sport, my teammates. And that all happened at like eight years old. <laughs> really? Wow. So it was super young. And yeah. was that, do you grow up in a house with, full of athletes, like older no, brothers and stuff like that? just my grandparents and me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just naturally took to swimming? Uh, actually, it's funny. I didn't know how to swim and I was about eight years old and they were advertising um, swimming lessons. And my parents, when I would take a shower, sometimes I'd wear goggles because I was scared to put my head underwater. And I totally forget about that because it's something you just suppress. <laughs> um, but I couldn't take baths. I hated my... The, the feeling of my head being underwater and so my grandparents they're like it's time like you keep getting invited to these kids birthday parties and there's you know water and we don't want you to drown so they took me in the the instructors were like she's amazing um, we wanted to join the swim team but looking back I'm sure that was like marketing like to get yeah. people to join their swim team this is how much it is a year right 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 <laughs> yeah. we need you you don't need us <laughs> and so anyways um, I became a swimmer and I wasn't allowed to play other sports I took to brushstroke and butterfly and then I started like I guess you know competing on a really high level quickly yeah. and so everyone was like oh she's a natural and I don't know I just was like wow this is fun I love winning <laughs> right yeah and you get yeah, <laughs> you got a I mean, taste of winning young no pun intended but you get thrown in the deep end to learn swimming and you know get over your fear of being underwater and stuff and 
breaststroke obviously people know that one but butterfly is very hard to do yeah actually looking back sometimes when i would think about our workouts i would because i was good at both and they're both really hard but sometimes i'd be like oh my shoulder hurts coach yeah. like can i do breaststrokes instead or you know there's just it sucks to look back and know you were kind of like a slacker at times because butterfly is so hard yeah. it's so hard on your body yeah uh so i mean just obviously it's hard on your body but also like the you know the schedule that you have you're up in the morning you're in the pool like yeah. you're literally the workout schedule is very very intense yes yeah, so we would swim at we, i'd have to wake up at four in the morning my grandpa would turn my lights on and it was like bright so i'd start unscreen light bulbs because i'm like i don't want to wake up at four in the morning with the lights flicked on like time for practice i'm yeah. like oh joy so anyways we would swim at f we would i have to drive 30 minutes um get to practice and then we would swim for an hour and a half and then we'd change go to school and then as soon as school ended we go straight to swim practice and swim until about 8 p.m yeah. so homework wasn't really the like the thing that my family cared much more sure. it was more the sport which yeah. is so crazy to say when does like gatorade and nike get involved so they sponsored our team and so anytime you would hit these benchmarks you would get like tons of gear t and so you had to wear like yeah. the cap that had your name on it with nike or like your suit had to if we mm -hmm. wore a speedo or whatever it was depending on the event we were qualifying for um that was how you had to yeah. like, dress and you would get in trouble if you did So, like, around this age, like, you realize, okay, I'm good at this. I love winning. Competition, yeah. you know, you, you get used to competition and you obviously get used to winning. Like, you're 8, 9, 10, 12, and then you think, hang on, I, I could do this for the rest of my life. You start watching the Olympics, right. you see Phelps and whoever, yeah. and I terrible with female swimming who was big in female that you looked uh, misty up to? hyman summer sanders so okay. summer sanders was so big and i was totally like trailing her career as a kid i remember a swim meet that i was trying to break her record and if i would have it was like the last time that i could do it at this age group this meet this moment and i missed it by like tenths of a second oh, and crushing. it was devastating i can remember like finishing that race and looking at the clock or looking at yeah. the back and i was like ah oh, and I, I was probably 10 turning into the 11 age group um but i was on track for all of that and yeah. like when we would you know, have our practices, our coaches, um, they would, you know, have us visualize. Like, I've been doing all these things since a young age that I look back, I'm like, wow, that was pretty awesome that, like, that was instilled in me young. Right, because most people think about, like, you know, you learn about that now when maybe you're in college or you're 16, 17, thinking about starting a business or you're watching a Gary Vee video or David Goggins or whatever it is. Like, you don't learn that when you're 10 years old. Right. You're like vision, uh, visualizing things and, right. you know, writing your goals down every day and all that right. kind of stuff which i'm sure was was pretty awesome to learn at a young age yeah we would have goal meetings um looking back i think i set goals way too far and hard to obtain it would almost be like the equivalent looking back of saying like i want to be the president i feel like i'm a little too old i didn't really go that route so it's yeah. like an unachievable goal um just like it was i feel looking back saying that i wanted to go to the olympics at eight but i didn't have the smaller goals to get there sure so, sure anyways. the daily tasks to get there right okay Awesome. So, so swimming is huge at this point in life. Are you going into high school, continuing to swim, or does that kind of stop? Um, I swam in high school, um, and so I think I ended up the, the very end of my career. Um, I didn't go to college swimming because I had a medical issue, mm -hmm. um, and so I finished second in the hundred fly for like the whole state of California, which was yeah. really cool, well, and I got an awesome yeah. medal for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, did, would, I mean. 
even though you didn't go to go to school, go to college for it, did you have offers at a young yeah. age? People's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, sign with me now and, and letters. Yeah, I feel like I got really burned out. Um, looking back, uh, you know, your whole life is consumed. That was my life. It mm. was being an athlete. It's kind of like when I look on set with kids and actors. Yeah. It's like I can relate. That is their life and. They don't know anything. They haven't had a childhood at all. They haven't like had those kids experiences like go out and ride your bike and And go 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 play Call of Duty or whatever. Yeah. Go do bad things. I didn't really do any of that. Yeah. (laughs) So then did you go to college or not? I did, but I didn't swim in college. Okay. So you just thought I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to go to college. Was that in California? I I was in Florida. So it's a long, I've gone a lot of places. Um, So yeah, I went to school in Florida. Um, I just went to community college because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. My family is all lawyers. They were pushing me that direction. I sure, it just felt like I didn't really know what my place was. um, And I I don't know. It was just crazy. So what did you, I guess, did you figure out what you wanted to do when you went to to college or was it like I'm going to do a general degree and see what it happens it was just a general degree yeah. okay mm-hmm. so you come out of there you're in Florida do you move home or like where's the next step from um, there um so I remember this one time when I was younger one of my friends she said she wanted to be a makeup artist and I thought to myself oh my gosh you could do that you could be that we that's could a be real that? job that's yeah. a thing so I, when I finished school, I told my dad that I wanted to be a makeup artist. And he's like, why don't you just get a job at Dillard's? Like, what a supportive family I have, right? That's because they're all like upper echelon. Of course, of like, yeah, lawyer stuff, right? yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Not really, but thanks yeah. for the non-support, yeah. which is horrible, but whatever. My friend tells me this when we were younger, and then it kind of popped in my head when I was living in Florida. I want to... I want to, you know, um, be a part of making a character. I want to be a part of the story. Sure. I want to be a part of the movies that I watched. And I could do that because now I'm in Orlando. And so I enrolled myself into a makeup school. And I thought I wanted to go the whole movie monster making side, which I had a very successful interview with Universal Studios. And I ended up landing the best job you could get um, with actual legends in the industry like people who had their own like makeup lines and books and I looked around and I'm like how did I get this job like I remember thinking like I have to work next to them and I remember we would get these renderings of um the character makeup and they'd be like okay this is what we need to make it look like I'm like okay I can do that because I'm not a a painter yeah. artist I don't draw for fun Didn't it's grow more up painting with, shadowing yeah. and colors okay. like the color wheel I get that but it doesn't I'm not going to be able to do a whole bat skeletal system on sure. someone's chest and be like Look, they're going to put a mask on now they're a bat like that's not me they were doing these incredible pieces of work with airbrush while mine was like shading and I'm like oh man I hope they don't know that one's mine well all of theirs get sent back and mine is like past because they wanted it simple they didn't want these like sure halloweeny makeups and so i was like oh my gosh i can't believe like yeah so it was just a moment where i was just like wow that was a level up <laughs> yeah so so like you said you, you're not an artist you don't get into like building face stuff right like right. you know mo- we see in movies and you know there's you can you know so many stories about people sitting in makeup for eight to ten hours or whatever and then going to shoot in a scene like you came from it from like a like said shadowing side of things yeah. and, and general I guess and like probably looking back on just what you've mentioned is with the swimming too it's like you didn't learn it from a book it's natural right which seems like a theme here just mm-hmm. starting out like mm-hmm. things just come naturally to you and you just gravitate like oh I'm naturally good at this I'm right. gonna run with it um 
do you grow up watching movies as a kid as well? And that's what you thought about movies? Like, I want to be a part of that? So when I was a kid, I actually really loved music industry, but I wasn't a singer. I wasn't into that. But I was, like, really transfixed with, like, Christina Aguilera and, like, the pop bands. And I thought, man, I really want to be in the entertainment industry, but I don't want to be an actress. I don't want to be a singer. I, I can't be those things because, you know, everyone tells you you can't do anything. Sure. And so you believe it. And so I remember as a kid, I would just like sit in my room, do my makeup, listen to music. And then on the weekends, it'd be like super fun. We go to Blockbuster, we get a movie, get a take and bake from Papa Murphy's. And like you committed to watching that movie because you paid like four dollars for it. Yeah. You didn't get to just click next. Kids these days don't know what it's like, do they? <laughs> and so I remember just being like, wow, this is such an incredible, you know, like. I don't know, whatever it would be. Industry, the yeah. The cult classics, I think, are really, like, for me, watching over and over again. And then sometimes, well, that's going to jump way ahead. But, yeah, to me, it was um, thinking, like, wow, this is so amazing. And it kind of took me out of my mm -hmm. my life and my problems with my family. Sure. And so I got to, like, you know, be in another world for a minute, which yeah. is what movies do for everyone. Right. So, so when you get into, like, you know, towards the makeup side of things and you to get this you're around these amazing people and you're like whoa like how have I even got here uh, you just continue to get in that world and you're just a part of that world and dive fully into it like so, this is my career now this is a really an interesting point because now I feel like people aren't like this anymore I responded to an ad for an internship and it was unpaid mm -hmm. and this lady um, she was like really tough which is fine because I have coaches and I know what it's like to 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 not yeah. to take criticism to to not be warm and fuzzy it was fine and people were like oh she's so tough like you're not gonna like her and I ended up being paid very well and she told me it was my work ethic and I replied to the job expecting no pay but mm -hmm. I wanted to learn from her yeah and so that's kind of how I ended up like more freelance side learning that like I didn't have to go work at Dillard's not right. that there's anything wrong with that but that wasn't my dream to sell my dream was to be a part of the magic what you see on TV yeah, yeah or yeah. on screen and I mean now to this day I guess you are right like you're being thrown through walls and stuff which right, is totally which different which is so but... crazy to go from doing the makeup yeah. to now being a part of the thrown through walls yeah yes. so so when so when you're doing the makeup thing how long are you doing that and i guess you know you're you're in orlando right like there's all these movies going on there's disney and everything else that's going on around that it's, you know florida or whatever i guess you just you're just meeting all these people and getting involved and you think hang on maybe i could do that one day so actually um i yeah pretty much so the first time i ever saw a stunt I was like, wow, that person, he looks just like this person. They're going to do this. And I kind of like always had my ears open to just being a sponge and mm -hmm. like listening to how all the conversations go. Um, and so one day I had in my own mind that I want to do that, but I didn't want to tell people that because again, people want to like crush your dreams. Sure. I don't know why people do this. Maybe because they're afraid to dream for themselves. I don't know. But I put it in my head that I was going to do that. I didn't really tell anyone. And then I worked towards how can I do that? How can I, how can I get the opportunities to okay. have people ask me if I can do that? And yeah. it was a long grind. <laughs> yeah. So is there, I mean, I, do, I definitely don't know this, but I'm sure there's people listening too. Like obviously there's stunt men out there that people know that, but how, what is the stunt woman industry like? Is there many? Is it quite competitive? Like how does that all work out? So it's really competitive. Um, a lot of people, you know, you have to fit 
um, like the the body shape, the size, sure. the height, the skill set. And mm-hmm. so lucky for me, like I have the background in water. So I'm a rescue diver, PADI certified open water. Um, I, I can do anything in the ocean. I know how to ride bo- or drive boats, um, wake surf. You know, I can pretty much do anything in water. Yeah. Everyone has a niche. Everyone has like something they're comfortable with. Um, and so a lot of people have a gymnastics background. Um, some people have a martial arts background. Um, and so you kind of just have to be an athlete, mm-hmm. be able to, you know, um, I guess it's also performing because it's yeah, a whole yeah, other yeah. thing. Because you can't just take a gymnast and be like, okay, you're going to do this stunt because they don't know how the camera works, the movements, right. the fact that we're going to shoot it 12 more times, how to communicate with a director. Yeah. And so it's like a, a whole in Choreographed in, yeah. the right, in the right way for movies, not necessarily for you to score a 10 in, right. you know, in a gymnastic competition or whatever. For it is. sure. Not yet, anyway. Right. Which we can get onto that <laughs> in a minute. Um, so, so you get into all that. Um, and I guess, you know, you meet the right people and, and you always got your ears, you know, to the ground or whatever and you're figuring out whenever this opportunity comes around, what is your first, like, stunt? What is the first when someone says to you, like, does someone come in and they're like, they're, they're sick and you're like, I can fill in? Like, okay, how, how right. does that happen? Okay, so I uh, was doing hair for movies and most of the time hair people interact with stunt people because you're putting wigs sure. on them. You're creating the shape of their hair to make it the match mm-hmm. because there are stunt doubles and then there are um, stunt performers where you're an actor doing a stunt and so that's a whole different ballgame as well. So whenever I was doing the doubles, I thought to myself, like every time someone would come in my chair, I would say, oh, like what's your background? And sometimes they have an amazing like background and sometimes they're somebody's wife. Right. And so I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, and you know, you don't want to tell somebody you want their job because that's just not how that works. And so I figured out how the industry worked and it's called hustling. And so there were a few coordinators, um, actually, locally, and I told them my background, and I said if they ever needed additionals, like mm-hmm. nondescript characters is what that's called, um, that I would love an opportunity, and here's my skill set and my training, um, and then you get the offer to potentially sure. do it, which opens the, the world for you. Right, yeah, because then you get that one chance under the spotlight, and if you kill it, you get more. If you don't, then that's your only chance you're ever probably going to get, and you go back right. to the hair and makeup chair. Right. So you must have killed that opportunity then. Yeah, so my first stunt was for a movie called The Pale Door, and it was um, a horror film, and the full makeup was like four hours sitting in the chair. Um, obviously, I was unrecognizable. <laughs> Photos are pretty funny. <laughs> People were like, that's you? I was like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. And so I was very fortunate to have the opportunity um, because there aren't a lot of stunt women here and um they didn't want to uh, bring in people from out of state because mm-hmm. that's just a Budget lot more the for yeah, the yeah. production and so my first stunt was um breaking through a door and then there's like a fight that's happening behind us because in the movie um it, there's like it's like a witches in a brothel and like it's it's crazy yeah yeah what was that like watching it back being like that's actually me um, it feels really good you're because... You're texting your dad, you're like, hey, dad, not yeah. working with dildos anymore, but I broke down to this wall right, after right, four right. hours. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was, it's interesting because I've been on set for so long that, um, it, it was, uh, it's like a, I don't want to say adrenaline because it's not, because adrenaline can mess with, like, sure. 
your focus. Mm -hmm. And so it it was exhilarating, I suppose. And it was a moment where I'm like, wow, I'm really doing it. I'm doing what I want to do and nothing can stop me now. Yeah. Yeah. Could you, and I'm sure like, I guess you've probably watched it back multiple times on the camera while you were there doing it. So then when you see no, it, on, actually, no, you don't do sometimes it. Sometimes you can, sometimes really? you can. So it depends. Like, it's funny. Cause that was like the last shot. It's six in the morning. We're oh, on a okay. night shoot. We're about to get the sun. We have to do this. Let's go. Okay. And it's like, there's no time. We prepared that, that day. We knew what we were going to do. I knew the way I was going to go through the door. Cause then there was a banister on the other side. So I had to like tuck just right to make sure I didn't break my neck. Yeah. And so it's like all these you know, you sure. work all this mechanic stuff out and then it's like, okay, it's go time. We have uh, five minutes. We need to wrap crew is about to hit overtime Got you. because then you think about everybody who now goes over 12 hours, like think about how much more okay, money that, that, that makes total sense. By you like saying, Hey, I want to see that. Yeah, it's yeah, going to cost possibly thousands of dollars in yeah. extra crew fees. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. Because um, it wasn't anything that's like a car turnover where you're going to need to maybe yeah. do it again differently. Have you done that stuff? I have not done a car turnover. Not no rolling cars yet? Not yet. Um, but I am very fortunate to be mentored by people. That's one of their specialties. Awesome. And they've done like thousands. So I'm yeah. like, I can't wait. I'm picturing like Michael Bay movies, just blowing stuff up constantly and seeing cars yeah. fly through the air and yep. yeah I mean he's good yep. at that mm-hmm. so I guess so you're doing that you also ride motorcycles too yes so that's I, another skill set that is another skill set my skill set is interesting I ride motorcycles I've been driving cars since I was like 14 and mm-hmm. I, seriously the moment I was with my grandpa learning how to drive a stick he said I have to get my license in a stick and he was like you'll thank me one day and I'm like no I hate you like because like, every, why is this how three pedals <laughs> you have to hit reverse to in, in California when I got my license if you can't parallel park and you stall because reverse was always so hard for some reason you fail and so really? I was like ready to get my yeah, test yeah, yeah. and I was like I'm gonna have my license and I'm like but I might fail it so it was always in the back of my mind but every single stunt job I've done has been a stick shift car and mm-hmm. every single time people ask me on the walkie do you know how to drive a stick I'm like yes yeah. like how can you say you do stunts because they you probably get somebody stick. in there they're like no I've never done it in my entire life and you're like whoa yeah exactly uh, now we're in trouble right <laughs> yeah that's one thing I growing up in the UK like it's it's the same way back home like I'd say 70 to 80 percent of the cars back home are all stick so we learned how to drive cars in right. stick whereas out here it's all when well, the driving's totally different back right. home there's no straight roads as well there is but it's not as much as it here which here it's just like like driving a golf cart right, right. Uh, but you you know you drive a stick and you're like oh it's like you're just another tier aren't you you're like right. i can drive but i, I can drive a stick and you're like, right, oh. right. And it's just like and i can drive the european stick where you're on, on the, the other, other side, side with the left because when i was a kid i would shift the gears in the car because my grandpa yeah. had a truck and i'd be like i want to shift the gears yeah so i found out that's another skill that i have that i'm like oh i didn't even realize that is a thing because it does confuse people with where right. the gears are and stuff yeah the first time i got into a left-hand drive car drive a stick i was driving with my right hand and i'm like winding the window down i'm like oh no this you got to figure right. this out right, so right. it definitely was was uncomfortable but when you get used to it yeah it's an amazing skill to have for sure uh so so you're in the stunt world you're doing you've been you know doing all this crazy stuff um what time of life is this like where are you in life and what time is this and and in your like stunt career and stuff like that right now no i mean no no, i know i'm right now but like like when you're in it and what period are you going through you get your first breakthrough right Right. and then i guess how long is that to now um it's been well covid you know kind of took a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um but it's been i think i've been in it for three years now so fairly recent then yeah 
That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so you go from being Orlando, and then how do you get to the wonderful state that we're in right now? And how do you meet, you know, uh, our previous podcast guest, Dylan? So I got to the state of Oklahoma because I fell in love. And mm-hmm. so here we are. Um, we, he had a job through here and I, I, like I said, my family was very like, I can't believe you're moving to Oklahoma. There's nothing there. Right, right. Which is crazy because my career is truly thriving here. I mean, I do work a lot out of state. I'm very fortunate for that because the people that I have met in the state have pulled me to different shows in different regions and different markets. Um, but I, for the most part, um, I do, I've done 10 films here as a stunt performer. Which is pretty great. In three years, that's a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. I right now have 20 credits currently from, mm-hmm. and a year of, of it was COVID, so that was yeah. really tough. Um, but Dylan and I met working on a project that was uh, very soul sucking. <laughs> um, so Dylan and <laughs> Sorry, I, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan and I, yeah. we definitely. Um, we level each other up in our lives. So anytime I get in a moment and I'm in a panic. I'm like, Dylan, I'm going to do this. And he's like, he sends me like this little mantras that we say back and forth to each other. They're yeah. a little inappropriate. Um, it's like, let's, you know, go yeah, or yeah. do a epic yeah. eh, blank. But it is nice to have somebody that I can, you know, he understands this industry sure. and um, fundamentals and he's very supportive of my career and mm-hmm. And my change, because it is weird for some people to think like, oh, so you think you're doing that now? It's like, no, 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 no. I am doing this now. now. Sorry. Yeah. I had, I had a previous kind of podcast with a, with a guy who was talking about, um, you know, like he was kind of, he was doing just your everyday job, but his side gig and, and kind of fun thing, the job was being an artist. And, and he basically like told his accountant that one day was like, look, like I am an artist now. This is what I do. Right. And you got to go all in, right? You're like, yeah. this is my identity now. Like, this is who I am. This is who my future self is going to be. It's nerve wracking to say that, right? Because right. you have the security in the background of, I could do all this hair stuff. I'm really right. good at it. Right. I wouldn't have got this job where I am without it. Right. But it's kind of a risk to go do, you know, hey, I'm going to go be a stunt woman and and just change my career. Right. And I do feel like it is hard for people to see that um, and be supportive of it. Um, But when you're doing it, I think that then people are like, oh, okay, like you have the skill sets. It's Mm -hmm. just interesting. But I think it's uh, other people have a problem maybe with their own lives and they aren't comfortable with change. But the first person you have to convince is yourself. Like you're the only one holding yourself back from anything you want to do. Truly. Did you have to, I guess, like turn, was there like a weird period where people are like, oh, I want you to do hair. And you're like, no, 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 I'm this now. I have to turn, like turn down stuff like that to really commit to it. Yeah, so there have been times where I know it was a good idea to say no Mm -hmm. because I don't want people to just think that I'm playing or that this isn't who I am or I'm not taking it serious. Yeah. So that is something, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, so tell me, go back to o- coming to Oklahoma, you fall in love and you move to Oklahoma. What is that experience like, you know, when people are saying, why are you going to Oklahoma and you get here, I guess you get to Tulsa. Like, what is that experience like? What's the move like? Um, it was, uh, I was fine. I was a great time to move. Um, I had a really great resume in Orlando and mm-hmm. I knew that I would just figure it out. And I did. I connected with one of my really great friends, Sharon Tab. Um, I realized that creating authentic relationships with mm-hmm. people is the only way you're going to move forward as a freelancer in business relationships. Sure. And so I remember the first time I called her, I had a celebrity like comedian that I couldn't do 
um, services for. And I was like, hey, I'm new to town. I want you to take this client because I looked her up and she was the top top dog and she was like who are you and then that's kind of how we all we transponded yeah. our friendship and we're still really great friends but I felt like I then her and I connected and we built a team together mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I yeah. instantly hit. and and what's like when you move to Tulsa like what you know I guess within the last few years you have I mean, Tulsa is an awesome place, right? It's great food and good scene, and the architecture is great compared to Oklahoma City. And you have the BOK and all the other, you know, and Circle Cinema, which we're, which we're in now, and Canes. Like, was it weird to come here? Like, oh, I've left Orlando. There's no life here. Or was it instantly, I want to figure this place out and see, uh, like, fall in love with this place as well? So I grew up in Chainville, USA. And so I think Tulsa is an incredible city. <laughs> like, I grew up, like, by all. Gardens and red lobsters and yeah. just everything. And when you come to a city like Tulsa, it does remind me of Austin because I'm not from Austin. I know Austin people get so mad about that. And then Tulsa people are like, well, don't Tulsa or Austin or yeah. whatever the things are. To me, it's all about being local, shopping local, supporting local. I would never watch a movie at a local theater probably mm-hmm. as a kid. I would have gone to an AMC. Like, yeah. it's so cool that Tulsa is so, like, philanthropic and they are so, like, shop local don't eat at a chain restaurant. Like, come eat at our, mm-hmm. like, amazing places. And, and the, the chefs and the community, like, I don't ever want to leave Tulsa. Yeah. And I don't have to. That's really good to hear because, I mean, you grow up in, in California and you go to Florida and you're like, these two places where probably people listening might be like, those sound amazing. Right. I mean, maybe not now in California, but they did <laughs> sound amazing. Florida definitely sounds great because the sun's always out in both places, but it seems like Florida is thriving during COVID. Um, but... That's awesome to hear that you love it here, and, and I'm sure many people have the same story that have moved in here, like myself. Um, you know, we don't expect to stay, right? But we come here like, oh, this place is actually really cool. Uh, so what about, like, current day? You know, you're, you're traveling. COVID has obviously put a little bit of a dampener on things, but, you you know, from following you on, on Instagram, you're still traveling a lot. You're still doing stunts and, and still, you know, working. So I have been like pretty much not doing anything during COVID because every time I get on hold is what it's called for a job, you know, a COVID test is coming. Mm-hmm. So in Tulsa, I, there's a, we had a movie that for one of the very first movies back, um, Tim Blake Nelson was in, it was in Arkansas and we were the very first COVID test. It was blood test. And it would tell you if you had oh yeah like the antibodies or not. And so I pretty much locked myself in my house, which we all kind of did sure. anyways, but I knew that like, if I got COVID, I would be replaced. And so I was, back to working in June and then ever since then it kind of snowballed to um, not really traveling much if I do I'm wearing an N95 just Mm. to stay super safe so that I don't get replaced because I came off of a really big job being very COVID friendly to another big job where I was stunt coordinating um, a a horror film and it had a ton of work a ton of days tons of fights and the whole crew tested positive and I was like absolutely not I do not have COVID I don't have a life and I went and had an independent lab do another test and it came back negative. So yeah. I shared that with the producers. I was like, look, I think your test lab was contaminated. I know this is a bold statement, yeah. but I do not have COVID. I am so safe. Yeah. And so I, oh, the person I see is Dylan and my husband. So I was like, there's no way they right. don't have COVID. And they retested everybody and it was all negatives. And they were like, thank you so much. Like we were actually going to shut down and like go away because yeah. we don't have the money to like linger around with all these it's A-listers. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And so I feel like I saved a movie in a way a little bit, but it was just me being me where I'm like, I I know this is a fact. I don't have COVID. Yeah, that's so, so it's been actually very good then. 
so you've been traveling still quite a bit um you know doing the movies doing the stunts um but i feel like during covid and we have to talk about the peloton stuff because now i'm part of that club and clan and cult and whatever you also want to call it the church of peloton the church of peloton there you go um how i guess i saw your transformation photo that you posted in your stories and i was like that's a big deal like yeah. you know you, you talk about recently before we started recording you were talking about a stunt that you did and you had to wear a fat suit and you're like that's not me like i'm in really good shape right, right. um like, what is that like you know outside of the movie business outside of your work for physical and mental health and you know how how important has that been for you to be that you know going forward with with all the stuff that you've been doing and transformation I just feel like there's more opportunities the more fit I would be. Sure. And so I decided one day, like, being a child athlete and then going and gaining a bunch of weight, you know, losing your sport, losing that drive inside of you, um, I just said one day, I want a Peloton. And I thought it might become a coat rack. Um, but for something, something about the positivity inside of it is like wild because it's a platform of positivity. It yeah. like the things that this instructor say at the right time speak directly to my soul that it's like shocking. Um, and I feel like I've started practicing gratitude and gratitude has completely changed my life and my career. And it was just brought up one day in a Peloton class. And I was like, gratitude, interesting. Like, I don't really ever think about the word gratitude. I think about being grateful or, you know, mm -hmm. thank you. But I never really stopped to think about what that was. And I bought a gratitude journal and then things started happening. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy because I've always like manifested and, you know, The Secret was a great book I read at 19, which kind of platformed my mm -hmm. whole makeup career. Um, and so gratitude just like changed my life of, you know, even in things that are unfortunate, you can still find a positive yeah. to it or something that you have, you know, right now, I would have wished for that like five years ago, yeah. but I have it right now. So I need to remember, I need to be grateful for how hard I work for it because I right. still want to go somewhere else, but you know, being grateful. Yeah, and, and even like just remembering that you have it, right? Cause we get so used to, okay, yeah, we've, when we achieve that goal, we forget about it, don't we? We forget yeah, about it. Like, oh, that's normal to me now. You're on to the next and like, you're right. Being grateful and being in the moment. I mean like, oh, look at all the cool things I've done to get to where I'm at now, right. which is really cool. And you know, you just you are like you see that you see yourself right or you see the person that you were and now the person that you are and all the change and growth that's happened in between right. and i guess you can relate it to all the other things that have happened in life because right. of that change yeah you think well if i didn't have this where I'll, you know where, where would i be who knows right um but you've also talked you know talking about just sport in general you've also got into golf as well right yeah. which is is that you know because of your a husband right yeah okay so you got into golf because of your husband what was that experience been like and and i'm sure it's nice to have a husband that wants their wife to play golf because right. my wife plays top golf i don't think we'd enjoy each other's company if we both went on the golf course right. and also when i was growing up my mum expressed wanting to play golf and two weeks later we had a new dog <laughs> so like, i'm sure it's nice to have a husband that wants to play golf with you yeah it's uh it's interesting because i feel like it goes back to my back of my, you know, being an athlete child, I'm kind of one of the guys. I've been a tomboy as a kid. I was always like on the skateboard with the boys. And so, 
you know, when I do get to play on not the tea time that they have for their Saturday mornings, like I picked the second and they played nine more or 18 yeah. more. It is really humbling experience because golf is a very hard sport. Yeah. I have like, I, I don't know why, like sometimes I'm like, man, I'm killing my irons. I'm like, what's happening to my drive? Why can't I hit this? And yeah. so it's just funny. Your short game's good, your long game. And you know, it's just like, you can't put yeah. it all together. I yeah. can break a hundred barely once. It's bad. That's but you've pathetic. done it though, so you know it's possible. That's the one thing right. about golf is like you, you've, you've, you maybe you've never played before, and you hit one shot out of the middle of the club, and then you chase that for months and years, right? And it's, then you break a hundred, and then you break ninety, and then you know, you're like, whoa, like I'm a golfer now. Right. I wear you know golf clothing, and yeah, I'm Jordan Spieth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know I don't want to be that. <laughs> no, well, I mean who won last week? I guess well when the week we were recording, it was Justin Thomas won. So yeah. So, 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 you know, coming to present time, all the projects you've been working on and going into this year, like, what have you, well, I guess, what are you excited about and what have you been working on that maybe you can talk about? So I'm really excited about a project that, um, I was on hold for a while. I was doubling, uh, Willa Fitzgerald for a motorcycle stunt and, um, I can't really talk about the details of the stunt, but, um, it was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, my coordinator wasn't able to um, come to Georgia. He um, got sick. And mm -hmm. so I ended up, you know, he blessed me with the job. And so I ended up um, being the stunt coordinator and then being her double. And I got to do some awesome driving um, and stuff like that with uh, real cops. And it was just, it was a fun time for sure. We were going like 100 doing drone shots. And yeah. Um, it was a good time for sure. That's like the exciting thing, part of your job, right? Like I get to do stuff that like I'm probably not allowed to do on every right. day, but I'm on public roads. And, and I'm I get with to the cops, this. so yeah. it's fun. <laughs> exactly. No, for sure. Yeah. And then that job ended up, uh, you know, it's so crazy because something can go away and then come back tenfold. So then they ended up bringing me to um, Los Angeles. And again, I had that moment of, I'm sorry, you want me to come to Los Angeles? Okay, yeah. great. So I ended up going to Los Angeles because they already, the crew knew me um, and I was there um, for safety purposes. And um, then I ended up doing a uh, driving stunt with mm -hmm. Robert De Niro. And so that was pretty awesome because, you know, he's very iconic. Legend, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you watch the movie Taxi Driver or, like, any movie from my childhood. I'm like, I am in a movie with Robert De Niro. I'm sorry, what? This yeah, like, is amazing. Quick picture. Here, here, mom and dad. Look how I'm right? today. No, you like, don't take a picture. Not a Dillard's. <laughs> I mean, you don't take pictures. I know, but I'm like, come you know, on. You're like, yeah. Um, and then I ended up another level up uh, from that day. The director asked me to second unit direct one of the actions for their foreign mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. What yeah. is this life that I've created? Yeah. And it's been such a short, I mean, three years, really. Yeah, right? Like absolutely. That when, when you look at someone's career, three years is a very short amount of time, hopefully in a very long career of yours. And, and it, uh, being back to being grateful, I'm sure it's great to look back and, and gratitude and, and see the change that you've done and be like, I've done that. That's yeah. me. Like, I've done that, you know, with making friends and being hard work like this is this yeah. is all because of what I've done and, and people you meet which is I mean it's you know it makes you feel good right, right. yeah for sure and I definitely think the the time uh, as a hair and makeup person you know 10 more years of that mm -hmm. so to me it was like you know I saw what I wanted to do I would listen watch and yeah. that's the whole thing that I think makes coordinators who do want to hire me um, like okay with it is because I understand set I understand yeah. set etiquette when I did my first stunt coordinating job 
I knew that who I needed to speak to, who mm. were the players that were going to make this work. It's the director of photography. Yeah. Where are their cameras going to be placed? How can we hide that this is a person? How do I have a conversation with the director? Mm. So doing hair on set did definitely, you know, help build this huge foundation yeah. for me to understand and be able to be like, wow, within three years I've done this. Right. Because but like, you're, that's right. I'm glad you said that because people listening be like, whoa, you can do it in three years? I'm like, no, there's 10 years of building and understanding and learning, which then when you go to on set, you make it so much easier for your person who's taking care of you or doesn't, they don't want to babysit you, do they? Right. Um, because if they do, they pick somebody else. Right. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, I guess super excited for, for this year and then following the, you know, following years coming up and building a stronger, longer career. Are there any skills that you're working on at the moment that, or stuff that like you kind of would aspire to grow going into the future? So, I would love to really get into wire work, and I feel like since I don't have a gymnastics background, I've recently taken gymnastics classes. Like walking, wi- uh, what do you mean so like wires wire are like when you're in the air oh, okay, with the yeah, harness yeah. and yeah, yeah. ratchets, where there's Makes an explosion sense. and yeah, you yeah. get pulled. And you're flying everywhere. Right. Nice. And so um, I know that being better with gymnastics could help me, you know, sure. move better. And so I took my first gymnastics class, and I think my wrists are broken. <laughs> I definitely underestimated how much you hit the ground with right. your wrist for two hours. <laughs> yeah. You're in your 30s doing doing gymnastics and where most people who do gymnastics start before <laughs> they can walk. Right. Right? Like, with six-year-olds. I'm literally in a class with six-year-olds yeah. looking at me. Like, and I felt like I was like, is this a movie? <laughs> Like this could be a scene right now. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I mean that's awesome. I'm excited to you know to to for the listeners to you know to hear this story and hear the feedback that that I'm going to get from this because it's just you know what you've done is awesome to now and and you know for people to follow you and see what you can do and and you know you'll be a role model for for future kids or women growing up and they'll see that hey this is possible like yeah. you know I've done this and going to college with no real kind of view and vision of what you wanted to do and then you know you, you come within 13 years to, to doing this and having a successful career and, and building into the future which is I mean it's important it's a good lesson for people listening and, and mothers and fathers can show their kids this stuff it's Absolutely. you know it's I'm sure that's important to you as well is being a role model going forward and you know just having that ability and being in the you know the limelight to or have the opportunity to be that right because not many people have that opportunity to impact others and even if it's just one person that you impact then then you've done a good thing right Absolutely. so where can everyone uh, I guess follow you and, and reach out and see your cool stuff and ask for Peloton advice and stuff like that. <laughs> so on Instagram, I'm Krista, K-R-I-S-T-A-M-C-Perry. Awesome. I'll post that in the description down below. And for everyone listening, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Also, huge shout out to RCB Bank for jumping on board to be a sponsor. RCB Bank's loan promotion is here for a limited time. Head into any of their 40 Oklahoma locations to get as low as 1.79 APR on your next car, boat, camper, or ATV. Apply online at rcbbank.com. RCB Bank, that's my bank. Rate and finance with approved credit. Restrictions apply and member FDIC. Huge shout out to my sponsors. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.